Welcome back to the Art of Dating Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4. Woohoo! Woo! And we are so excited for today. Um, last time we talked about, uh, the last couple episodes, we've actually talked about attractiveness in someone that you want to date. And so today will be another continuation of attractiveness, but today we will focus in on social attractiveness. Yeah, so attractiveness in someone you want to be as well, right? Also. Somebody you want to, uh, what makes people attractive? Uh, and that really stemmed out of our number one thing that people sent in to us. It was, you know, the request to talk about was, how do I get more dates? How do I go on more dates? I'm not dating. How do I? And so, you know, we said, well, let's tackle this in two things, proximity and attractiveness. And and I hope if anybody listened to that, I think it's episode two is where mm-hmm. I first say, uh, you know, we say it's either because you're not getting out or you're not attractive. And that's like, oh, man, that's a dart to the heart. Right. And you have to listen past that and go, now, what does that actually mean not to be attractive? Because we all want to think, oh, he's talking about the way I look or she's talking about the way I look. And you go, oh, no, you can improve your attractiveness in so many ways, as we heard from Sarah Herring on that uh, Right on that episode was so beautiful how she described how attractive she was to Alec on these different things. You know, not she also yes she also was physically attracted to him, but just how great it is to develop all the forms of attractiveness that you can, mm-hmm. not just for people that you date, but to become the best you, right, the best possible you. Absolutely. Now before we get too crazy into the episode, we want to introduce a guest that we have with us. We have the Kenzie Graham. The one and only. The one and only. <laughs> Anybody who goes to the uh, Utah Valley Institute of Religion knows who she is. If you don't know her name, you know her face. Oh, absolutely. She is one of... Uh, uh, we, we talked with Taylor last week, um, and Kenzie is on that same level of just someone that I highly, I highly look up to and someone that I look to for oh, accomplishments in life. And so... I'm way grateful that Kenzie was gracious enough to be with us today. No, thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. So um, so when we start these things, we just have you introduce yourself so we know what it Tell is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have actually been attending Institute now for four years. I am graduating this semester. Wow, that's so attractive. It's quite right? crazy. Yes, yes. been quite the journey. Um, I am from Utah, Harriman, Utah, raised here. Um, studying digital marketing. I served a mission in Tampa, Florida, and now I've just been, I also am a cosmetologist, so that was what And I, wicked good. I love it. It is what the best. Such a creative outlet, but I have been doing that the past seven years, which makes me feel very old, um, but decided I wanted to go back to school, so that led me here and led me to all these amazing people, but that's just a little bit about me. We're excited to hear your stories and your background today. That'll be great. And, and maybe what your background has taught you in terms of social skills, social awareness. Um, let me tell you kind of, so if you've taken this class live with me, uh, then you've probably heard some of this, right? All of our friends out there in podcast land. I've said it. I have to say it every episode, podcast land. Um, <laughs> if you've taken this class live with me, then you, you go, oh, I, I know where uh, he's coming from because there's some background to this. But I just want to tell our listeners, the background to this really came from, I'm the MTC choir director. Currently, I, I am that. Maybe by the time this broadcast in two weeks, I won't be. But uh, when I was called in by one of the MTC presidencies, the, the wives of all the presidents, they're called the Relief Society presidency up there. And I was called in by them and they said, we are noticing that our missionaries, as sweet and wonderful as they are, many of them are lacking in social skills. 
And we know that you teach lessons all throughout the choir, right? Choir rehearsal, you're teaching lessons and scriptures and stories. Could you include lessons about social skills? And I was like, yes. Of course, I'm going to say yes, right? (laughs) And I went back and I tried. It was just very hard to be in the middle of something and go, that reminds me. Don't be an idiot when you're, you know, (laughs) it was just impossible. Yeah. So I went back to them and said, "I I have a different idea for you. What about if instead of, uh, me teaching it that way. What if we create some, you know, a little program to teach missionaries social skills? And so I brought in some of what I considered the best socially skilled young adults, and we put together this program all together called Thomas T O M A S. Now, if you went to, through the MTC in about that course of three years with that presidency, you probably saw some little videos. They would show a video at the start of each devotional. And it was missionaries either behaving poorly or, you know, demonstrating good social skills. And, and those videos actually came out of this, this Thomas project that we did. So that's what I want to walk us through a little bit. And then you get your real life examples from the two of you. Uh, just walk us through that a little bit and say, okay, here's what we were teaching missionaries. Now you may go, well, that's very different than teaching someone for dating. But social skills are social skills, mm-hmm. right? We'll talk more about that in depth. We're going to break this this into two episodes. We'll talk a little bit more in depth on how do you merge that into dating. But really, social skills are... So what are social skills? I, I was sitting in my office, I don't know, some months ago thinking, I'm going to mix up today's lesson a little bit. And, and I thought, I'm going to start off by trying to define social skills and let the class try to define it. And, and we, in the end, this is the definition that we came up with. It's understanding and caring about what is happening in the minds and hearts of those around you. So let's just go that far. Because, you know, there were a lot of pieces to that. It's like, oh, understanding people. Yeah, but you, you can understand them and not care about them. That's different. You can also care about them and not, you know, we, we all three of us know people who are the sweetest people in the world but have no idea what's happening around them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In the minds and hearts of other people. You go, oh man, you just, yes, yes, they try. Very good. And so learning social skills would be understanding what's happening in this environment, that your social environment, caring about it, not just what's happening in the emotions of the people, but what's also happening in their minds, right? Because that's what determines our behavior, our minds and our hearts. Now, this is the part that I really loved. If you could see the screen that I'm, I'm reading off of, it says dot, 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 and know how to react. So not just understanding and caring about what's happening to the person, but part of the social skill is not just going, I know you're in, but I have no idea how to help. It's learning how to help in the situation. So, and knowing how to react to that, to the benefit of everyone. So now I'm going to just read it all the way through. Understanding and caring about what is happening in the minds and hearts of those around you and knowing how to react to that to the benefit of everyone. That's a really socially skilled person that can say, oh, I I see that you're unhappy. And thinking back through what's happened right now, I probably can understand that mentally. Let me ask you some questions to see if I can understand why you're unhappy. Now I understand your heart and your mind, and I really do care about it, let me think about my own behavior. What can I do to maybe ameliorate this situation to improve what's happening in your heart and your mind? How can I help? Maybe it's just asking that question. How can I help that? You know, and, and if you've seen that, it's not about the nail, right? The little yeah. video. Oh yeah. Um, which I think at this point everybody in the world has now seen one of the greatest uh, videos ever. 
that sometimes it is just knowing when to ask and what to ask and say, how can I, how can I help you with this situation? So that's the beginning of all of this, right? And th that's kind of where it came from. So let's, let's start off. We're going to go through, um, we're going to go through five different uh, skill sets, maybe let's call them five different skills. And they spell the word Thomas, T-O-M-A-S. Today we're going to get to toe, T and O. And we're just going to, to look at those two. Because honestly, your social skills can either add to or detract from your ability to attract a prospective spouse. Probably the most, the biggest complaint I probably have when a girl comes into my office is, oh, the boys that I'm around, that I'm surrounded with are awkward. Have you found that to be true? Um, yeah, to some, to some degree. It's like they're, the, the spirituality is there and they love God, but it's just sometimes they just don't know how to interact with someone from the opposite sex. Like, with the boys, they're awesome. And they're great. They can hang out with they the dude. Hang, okay, that's interesting. But, but, like, the moment that it comes to, like, girls, and maybe it comes from, like, not, like, being nervous and not wanting to mess up, but in doing so, it's almost like, there's this awkward dude over here in the yeah. corner, like, <laughs> being weird, you know? <laughs> and funny, because sometimes you get them one-on-one, -on -one and they do a better job and they, yeah, when, a lot they're, better. when they're in a group. So yeah. we hope to, to improve that situation, right? So that's the number one complaint of girls. When boys come in, do you know what their number one complaint is? I don't. She told me no. I don't like that. <laughs> that, that usually is the number one complaint. She it's, said no. There, it's a tie between I asked this girl out and she said no and I'm so awkward. It's funny because they will come in and say that about themselves. Like, I am so awkward. Can you help me? And I'm like, wow, how much time have we got? Right? <laughs> yeah, we go on. Um, but I can't tell you how many guys have come in and said do you think we could talk about some social skills and what do I need to do? And I, I've just been really appreciative that they could see in themselves. I need to know how to behave in social situations. Which honestly, more. is like the first, that's like the first step, like recognizing within yourself. It's like the start of it all. Like wanting to become a more social person is recognizing I have some social cues that I'm not picking up on and I need to learn how to pick up on those cues. Kind of like Sarah was saying, she was like, I know that there's something within my brain and I'm not picking up on those social skills. So like let's work on that. Yeah. Um, when we had her visiting yeah. on the podcast, that's what she was Episode telling us. Episode two, season two. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think the hard part about this is we all get told stuff like, you're awkward. You need to stop being awkward. What does that even mean? You know, when you tell somebody, a boy or girl, and it's funny because I've now, I have more girls now coming in than I did before. Usually it was just dudes coming in and saying, I am so awkward. Help me, please. And girls saying, he's right. He's awkward. Right. And now I'm having more girls come in and say the same thing. Like, I feel like I'm struggling to read a social situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, but thinking back and saying, okay, here's the hard part. Do you just say to somebody, we'll get some social skills? Like, you could, if someone comes in and says, I want to be trimmer, you go, okay, here's how calories work. And here's the address of a gym, right? And that's so easy. Uh, it's easy to help somebody become more physically attractive often, right? You know, just to just take care of your body. But when someone says, how do I become more socially attractive? That really is hard. And so that kind of led to us saying, if we could pinpoint some actual details, we will bless a lot of lives. And when we brought this community together, that became our job. I also, just a personal experience too with what you're going along saying is that when I first started college, I felt really awkward. 
you know, coming here, you know, I just had got off a mission. I, you know, thought I had these social skills, right? You teach if, if you served a mission, you know, you're, you're talking to people and that helps. But for me, I came home and my whole world changed. I was like, what what is going on? I don't understand how to date. What What is happening? And for me, I realized that when I had a greater understanding of who my Savior was, I came to know myself. And when I came to know myself is when I realized I have this added confidence because I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it gave me that added confidence. I would pray for help, like, help me to know how to act in this social situation. I feel extremely uncomfortable. And I remember, you know, that one time where you see a cute boy across the way and you're like, I'm going to get all the courage to go talk to him, walks past you, and you're like, dang it. Like, okay, (laughs) next time. I'll do it next time, you know? And it's okay. We all do that. But, you know, it just started with saying like, hey, I like your shirt. Is that kind of awkward? Maybe, you know, but those little steps. But really for me, it was like going back to my relationship with Christ. I felt like I had an added sense of confidence um, that wasn't there before. Wow, that's great. Oh, this can be so great to have you on this episode. I'm so happy you've joined us. Um, You know, we were talking about that. So I taught dating courtship today and uh, I was going through and, you know, talking about there's planning. We were on that lesson, planning, thinking and praying. And we were talking about uh, maybe a lot of the people we see get divorced. It's not because they didn't pray or they hadn't planned, but so often it's they hadn't even thought through it, right? And in the Doctrine and Covenants in in chapter, in section 6, right? And in section 8 and then in section 9, the Lord says, I'll tell you in your mind and in your heart. And then, right, think back on the night, section 6, verse 22, think back on the night when I spoke to your mind and to your heart. Section 8, verse 2, I will tell you in your mind and your heart. Then in 9, he says, you gave no thought, save it were to ask me. You just came and asked me. You didn't spend time thinking about that. And this girl raises her hand today in class, and it was awesome. She said, you know what I've noticed? I was telling I was telling these girls before. I, the, I learned from going to class. Even though I'm the teacher, I walk in there and go, oh, I'm still going to use that the rest of my life. This girl said, I found, her name's Joe. I found that it wasn't enough to wait for the praying stage to pray. I was going to pray and talk to Heavenly Father about what should I look for in a spouse. In the planning stage, I was praying. And then in the thinking stage, she said, I would pray, help me see more clearly. And so, now coming to your comment, you go, what would be wrong with praying and asking Heavenly Father to help you see more clearly your social situation? to develop social skills. Now, I don't think we just go and say, Heavenly Father, make me more social. You gave no thoughts, they were to ask me, right? And so that's what we want to do in this episode is say, so what does it look like to develop, to do your part in developing social skills? What does that, you know, what does that look like? And in the famous Character of Christ talk, Elder Bednar says, you know, character is demonstrated by looking and reaching outward when the natural and instinctive response is to be self-absorbed and turn inward. That's going to be... And then he says, you know, the Savior was the perfect example of, of being social. Really, he was the perfect example of knowing what to say every time and how to lift the situation, how to get out of situations. He was the perfect example. Like Luke 2.52 says, he grew in favor of, with God and man, right? That he literally developed social skills. He grew in favor with man. 
he became better and better as you know he grew through it out of the veil right he grew in that ability to do that as a mortal so should we jump into key number one absolutely okay good and this is one i hope we all have some stories here the first one, remember, we're going to spell out Thomas, and today we're just getting to toe, right? And if you can even get toe, let's remember this little, if you can even get toe, you're going to be more social than you've ever been, right? If you can get to toe, you're going to be that good. The first one is? Thinking. Think, yes, that's exactly right. T stands for think. Uh, how often do we do and behave and say and act and react and you don't think? That is That is the killer of... That person who goes, you go, oh, why did you say that? Oh, it just happened in my ward in Sunday school. Just the, the sister in our ward raised her hand and said this statement, and it was about something extremely controversial. And I thought, why did you say that? It destroyed the spirit in the room. And I was like, oh, she just hadn't taken time to think. When I teach education week at BYU, I swear I can't think one ounce. All of you who are like, oh, yeah, my mom went to your education week. She said that's true. Um, it's like I forget my ability to think. I just, Angie said to me one day, why did you say that? I said, because it came to my head. It comes to my head and so I say it out my mouth. And she's like, you need to put something between your head and your mouth. Some kind of filter that lets you take a minute to go, oh, I had this thought. Should that thought come out my mouth? <laughs> right? There is there is such value to thinking. I have a, a really good example of that is my little brother. He, very social in school, but he, like, would get in trouble a lot um, with, like, in our home. Or even at school, honestly, he would get in trouble a lot and um, just run his mouth. And then he'd come home and mom's like, dude, Carson, what were you thinking? He's like, I just, I just didn't think. I just didn't think before I act, acted. So I think it does come with mature, like, with time. But it, it it's funny how many situations you can get out of by just like giving yourself five seconds to think through your, like literally five seconds to think through your, your thought. Yeah. Sorry, Carson, your sister threw you under the bus right (laughs) here. You said his name on the podcast or whoever, whoever anonymous brother of yours, right? Uh, mm Oh, yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. And that is something that takes deliberate practice. You know, as we've talked about this, this whole season, we've talked about deliberate practice every, every episode. Uh, that you go, I have to develop that habit of thinking. You know, I just keep thinking of that Mulan scene. You know what I'm talking about? She has written on her wrist all of the details when she's getting the matchmaker. And it gets wet. And she says, think before you snack. No, act, right? That There is a, a ton of truth about both, both of those actually are probably pretty true. You should think before you snack and think before you act. <laughs> but uh, thinking before you act. I'm just going to read off my screen here for a second. I love this about the Savior. The Savior gave conscious thought to his behaviors and their consequences. So we're even extending that a little bit. And you go, I've heard people say, well, just because of who he was, he never had to think about it. It just came out. And I go, oh, there's so many examples in the scriptures of when he actually took thinking time. When he thought. One of my favorites is, if you know John 2.14, I'm going to, maybe, maybe I'll just read this. Is that okay? Yeah. It says, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheeps and doves and the changes of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple. I had probably read that a thousand times. And when I was working with this little committee to help the missionaries, 
we sat there and said, why did he do that? We were trying to think of times that the Savior was doing different things. Why did he stop and make a whip? Certainly, if there were all these animals there, there were whips aplenty around, right? There were sticks and whips and you know, he is, uh, he's a, an all-powerful God. He could have snapped his fingers and you'd use lightning. Lightning, right? Why did he take a minute to sit down and braid a whip? That takes some time. I'd have done it at scout camp a few times with some scouts. Why sit down? And, and I, you know, I've come to believe in my heart that it, it gave time for him and everyone, right, that he was with to ponder on what was the right thing to do here. Because he's not walking alone. Uh, you know, for him to say, how is the best way to handle, what is the best way to handle the situation? What's the right thing to say? And it turns out, you know, you may think, oh, he sat down and just got calm. He sat down and then got up and he was full of in- indignation, right? That that was the right thing was to have his fire indignation. But he had sat and he had thought about it before. How many times do we not do that? I can tell you, for most of the students I've had that are that are would consider themselves socially awkward, this is their first problem, is that they don't think like you know like we said, the Savior gave conscious thought not only to his behaviors, but what would be the consequence of what he said? Would it hurt somebody? Would it help somebody? You know what what would be the best thing to say here? So let me ask the two of you, when is thinking? crucial in your actions, words, or behaviors. When do you go, that's an important time to really think before you talk or act? I think, honestly, one of the biggest things, like one of the crucial things when it comes to your action, words, or behaviors, really in your behavior is, this It might sound like a weird word to describe it, but it's your demeanor. You know what? Who are you portraying when you're with someone? Um, you know, when I'm when I'm talking with someone, am I looking them in the eyes? You know, am I engaged in in what they're saying? Am I, you know, thinking about? Am I on my phone during a date or when somebody is talking to me in the hall? Do I let other distractions, you know, keep me from? the conversation I'm having with someone, you know, I am definitely guilty of that, you know, getting, getting distracted or whatever it might, whatever it might be, but it is my behavior towards them, you know, whether that's my body language, um, the questions I'm asking, am I thinking through these things beforehand, you know, um, making sure that I, I am executing those things to show that this person I'm either interested in or, you know, if they've had the courage to ask you on a date, like I am the first one to say, you can teach someone else something that you have to offer too. You know, if mm. you're a good communicator, if you're good at talking with people, maybe there's a something in you that they see that they're going to want in a potential spouse too. And yeah. maybe it might not work out with the two of you, but, you know, being able to make sure that dating is a two-way thing. And I think you can think that out before you really, you know, execute those things oh yeah beautiful you know i love that i love that you said when i'm in the hall and someone has come to talk to me do i do i engage in the conversation right i mean this is a part of thinking or are you just sitting there thinking about what you're going to say next or how do i get out of this conversation or why am i even talking to this person kind of thing that 
thinking about not just what you're going to speak, but thinking about your actions and saying, you know, I need to, I need to be engaging with this person. That made me think, when are times that, when do you go, now that's a really crucial time to think about your words, behaviors, actions. Maybe when your people have opened their heart to you. When people are putting themselves out is such an important time to go, I need to really think before I say something. Someone has laid their heart out. And you know, it may be just asking you out a date. And you go, no. You know, you're like, oh man, this person for 25 years has been building up the courage to ask you out. And just one moment of thinking, you could have gone, oh, how's my best way to understand their, right? Understand their heart and their mind. And then to do something that will uplift and benefit each of us in this situation. Um, a personal experience from my, uh, something that I've learned about myself is, so I was dating this guy and you know, you have crucial, crucial conversations along your dating journey that need to come out. And a lot of the times they're unexpected. Um, they just kind of come about in a conversation and all of a sudden it turns into one of those meaningful landmarks that, um, either teaches you a lot about a person in wanting to pursue them or maybe realizing that maybe you're not as compatible as you thought. Well, I was having one of those crucial landmarks in a relationship with this with this guy. And um, he was asking me questions I literally had just never thought of the responses to. Like, it just had never come up in my dating experience. And so I realized for me it was crucial to say, do you mind if I take a couple seconds to think about what I need to respond? Because I want my response to be meaningful and genuine and what I actually feel. And if I respond right away, then um, the response could be half-baked or the response could be not actually how I feel. And so I think uh, in whether it be in meeting someone for the first time, but especially in relationships, that can be, it's helpful for me to say, like I make it clear that it's not that I wasn't listening to your question, it's that I'm actually thinking about what your question was, but vocalizing it and saying, hey, can Ah, uh, you know, there is such value in saying, I'll have to think about that. Mm-hmm. When someone says, well, what's your opinion on this? And you want to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, let me just tell you right now. Because, I mean, how many of us knee-jerk reaction, right? Which, I don't that's, boy, that's an old terminology right there. That just dated me. <laughs> um, but your first flinch reaction is to say, oh, I think this. And so often, if you'll think through it, you'll go, oh, I'm not sure I think that. Yeah. yeah, my opinion has changed. How many people have we seen just recently? Members of the church, popular teachers, you know. How many people have we seen that immediately posted something or responded to something immediately or said something from the podium or it was this immediate thinking or immediate speech, immediate action without thinking through what would the consequences of this be? If I say this, there is there that is a golden boy. That's a golden rule right there, Kayla. To say, let me think about that for a second. And you may drive your friends crazy. Like, can't you just give a thought? Can't you talk without thinking? You're like, no. That's what everyone else does, right? But, but honestly, like a hundred percent of the time, I've never had someone that says, "No, don't think about it." You know, yeah. like it's like, oh yeah, actually, take your time. Like, I want you to give a thoughtful answer on this. And so, taking, do you mind if you give me like thirty seconds to just think about my response to that, and then I actually have something meaningful that is my actual opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and let me let me measure myself and see what I actually think about that, other than just the very first thing that comes to my mind. Because often, the very first thing that comes to your mind 
is just something that you're regurgitating from the environment around you. It's not even you. That you go, oh, I've heard this, I read this, I saw this, somebody else said this, and so you pop out somebody else's opinion. And I think going along with what you're saying, it's such a crucial skill to gain when you're dating, you know, going on multiple dates with different people, because when you get in a dating relationship, that helps to save hurt feelings. You know, if you can master that skill of, hey, let me take some time to just think about that, or hey, let's talk about this next time I see you, then you have so much more time to just, you know, think, you're thinking through, you know, what, what can I say? What, how do I really feel about this? I think as we master that skill, it's just going to help us to date, to get married and having oh, good yeah. communication. Yeah. I, I was thinking, so what are some situations where you go, it's really important to think before you say or act. If you're in a heated moment, there is nothing better than thinking. <laughs> if you are upset, thinking will be your best friend and not thinking will be your destruction. Isn't that right? When you are mad, if you don't at least take a second to go, I'm going to say blank. I'm going to do blank. If you can't take one second to go, and then the consequence will be, you are most likely on the road to trouble, right? So it's so when you are, when the emotions are running high, it's a great time to think. Well, it's funny because whether you're mad or whether you're sexually excited, both of those times are times to go, I should think about what I'm doing right here. Right? I should I should see what are the consequences of my desired behavior going to be. And when I'm observing someone going through that like heated moment and them saying, I need to take a walk, like I need to take a lap around or I need to take some time to like back away from the situation, like that's it draws me to them because I realize that that they have good control over their Inner. It's attractive. It is. Because that's a social skill, right? To go, wow, they have self-mastered that ability. The last thing I want to be doing, I don't want to be yelled at. That's the last thing I want in a marriage or a relationship is being yelled at. And so... It'd be so much better with somebody who goes, you know, before I... It, even as a parent, do you want the parent that to be married to the parent that flies off the handle and, you know, and damages the relationship with the child frequently? Or they can say, I better think about... Uh, I'll tell you, sometimes the Holy Ghost has to slap you around to do some <laughs> thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. One time our daughter, uh, one of our daughters, she and I are very much alike. I think I may even tell this in season one. I can't remember if I did or not. But she and I had been discussing something and it had gotten very heated. And she's like, Dad, you just don't understand. And she went walking downstairs to where her bedroom was. The one thing that I always say to the kids is, you better not, when we're in an argument or whatever, or, or in a family discussion, that's we, we don't have arguments, right? In an ele elevated family discussion, you better not slam the door. I don't know why, but that just makes me lose my mind. And she's walking down the stairs, and I just yell down the stairs, you better not slam that door. And I hear, slam, as hard as, you know, the whole house shook. And I was out of my seat like a, I was going to say a gazelle, like a rhinoceros, right? That was probably a little more descriptive. And as I headed, and as I was heading down the stairs, you know, just ready to kick through the door, <laughs> definitely the Holy Ghost said to me on in the hall, she's right. <laughs> and there was nothing I could do. I was already going at the door 30 miles per hour, you know, and I hit the door and I said, let me in right now. And she said, Dad, I don't want to talk to you. I said, I've come to say you're right. And it was the best thing that ever happened to my relationship with this kid. She was serving a mission two years later, and it was Christmas time. 
and everybody was watching her. We had put a projected her face onto the wall. This is before you could call home every week. And, and she said, uh, hey, I want everyone to leave the room with dad. And I was like, oh, no, something's wrong. She's having a problem. You know, I, everyone leaves the room and she says, she gets a little teary, teary eyed and says, dad, do you remember when you were so mad and you stopped and said, you're right and I'm wrong. That's the most meaningful experience I've had with you. It was, wow. I so thought, man, sometimes you go, even the spirit, I hadn't prayed for help, but he stopped me. I mean, I still could have said, you know, forget you and run through the door. But he said, she's right. You may want to think about this before you punch through that door, right? She's right. And you go, man, when things are heated, that's a time to think before you do anything, right? But can you think of other times? I was thinking, if it's a controversial or sensitive topic, mm, that's a really you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, when people are talking right now, and who knows, people may be listening to this in 10 years, but right now there's a lot of controversy, uh, controversial ideas about vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime someone wants to engage with me in a conversation about vaccinations, I'm like, man, I'm not going to talk until I've really thought through this. They're like, well, I'll just give you your opinion. I'm like, let's, let's have a discussion. And, and I want to think about what I'm about to say because there's going to be a lot of facets, a lot of sides to this. Uh, anytime people have opened their heart, like we said, right, Ken, anytime people have opened their heart or are vulnerable, you really need to. If someone comes and confesses something to you, boy, you need to be so sensitive and so thoughtful mm-hmm. before you say, oh, it's okay. I, uh, I had a student in here. Uh, she, she's going to listen to this too. She's going to you totally told that story about me. Um, so I'll hurry and change everything about her. It was a 40 year old man. Um, I know I had this female in here and she said, Oh, I'm worried about this and that. And then I, I said, Oh, well, you know, how old are you? And she said, I'm 23. And my first thought was, ah, oh, you're only 23. You know, things are going to work out, you know? And I, and I wrote it on a piece of paper. I was just taking notes during our conversation, you know, with her permission. I was taking notes because I really wanted to help her. And uh, and I went, I wrote 23. You know, this girl has nothing to worry about. But I didn't say it. And she goes, you know, the very worst thing is that people have said to me, you're only 23. You need to stop worrying about this. She said, it's like all of my emotions and feelings are invalid because I'm 23. I heard scratched it off. <laughs> I heard scratched it off my notepad. But I said, I, I actually confessed to her. I said, oh my gosh, I actually had that written down. Thanks for enlightening me. I will never do that again. You know, I'll never discount somebody's feelings just because, you know, maybe it's not a big deal to me or she's only 23. She hasn't lived much of life or whatever. But you go, wow, when it's sensitive or when it's their emotions, when they've laid themselves bare, what a time to say, I better think. I really like that. Yeah, and you know, Jesus Jesus was about to go through, the Son of God was about to go through and cast out a bunch of animals and kick over tables. It better be the right decision because people are going to read that in the Bible for the next 2,000 years and use it as a basis for their life. I think that it's good to educate yourself on these topics. You know, what what are the controversial topics? What could be sensitive or tender to someone you know one that really does come to mind that can sometimes get heavy is 
pornography? Like, what am, how am I going to think through these things when, you know, how am I going to react if someone says, you know, I don't or I do? Or, you know, what if somebody has a different political standpoint as you? Whatever these things might be, educate yourself so that you know how to react. React with kindness, react with love. And, you know, as you do that and as you think through those things, you'll be able to either, you know, progress that relationship or understand where to go from there. Oh, I love that. If you've had some forethought on those and as you've as you've surrounded, surrounded as you're, you know, the whirlwind of those is surrounding you. If you had some forethought of what is the best way to do this? I'll tell you that happened today. I saw this happen today. Um, some kids came in and were talking about LGBTQ plus situations. And, and it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't something I would have said. And for sure, not something the Savior would have said. And I wasn't in a position to, you know, go, oh, hey, you know, I, I wasn't in that position to be able to do that. Um, but thought, oh, I wish they knew that there were people in this room that are struggling with that very situation. They didn't know that there were people in the room that were struggling with it. And they went off just talking as if it was nothing significant. And I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have to reach out to a couple of my friends today and say, I know you were in the room and heard that. And had I been able to make it better, I would have. You know, but but thinking through the situation as briefly as I could before, you know, things got went differently. I went, oh, man, it really does. When there are difficult situations, think, Maybe there are things I should avoid saying, avoid talking about, terminologies I should avoid using, you know. Um, another thought before we go on to the next bullet point is um, in emotional situations. I know we've talked about like when someone opens their heart to you, a lot of the times it's not necessarily that um, their intent is to get emotional. But sometimes someone comes to you and is like, um, they just got broken up with. And, and it's like an emotional from the get-go, not turns into an emotional, if that makes sense. Like, so the worst thing that um, you could say to them is like, oh, it's okay, you'll recover. Like, the last thing I wanted for my mom to say when I was breaking up with someone was, it's okay, you'll recover. I wanted my mom to listen to me. And so being that person for an emotional, oh, an emotional situation when a friend comes to you or when you are in a situation when there's emotion being there and listening to them and then maybe afterwards saying like like how would you want me to how would you want me to best support you you know do you want me oh. to give advice or do you want me just to listen and hug you because i can do either or i'm so glad you have highlighted that kayla because one of the best things you can do in terms of thinking is ask and and that may be a little bit into next episode right yeah but we, we might as well throw it out now that uh, one of our things is going to be asking right and saying how? Uh, what? What can I do? What? I have noticed with my own children that if I will say to them, "How can I help you?" If I, if I will just even get to that point of saying, "How can I help you?" What would help here? Do you want me to give? Would you like some advice, or would you want me just to listen? But sometimes you go, "I honestly don't know. I don't have the good. I'm not that good socially to say." I have read your mind, and here's the way to behave as your dad. I've mastered socialness yes, yes, so much yes, that I read your mind. Yes, it's better for me often to say to, especially to my, you know, to my girls right now who are all your age. You know, they're in their twenties. To say to them, "How could I help here? I know, I know that you've come to me for help. Would you like me to give you an answer, or 
have we just come to have a discussion on this? And often they're like, I actually, Dad, just needed you to listen to me. Uh, don't don't answer me. And that's funny because Angie will sometimes say that to me. Ryan, I'm going to tell you a story. I do not want you <laughs> to talk. Because <laughs> that's what I do for a living, right? And I love myself talking and you know, love to hear me uh, other than on a podcast. Um, but she'll say, I, I don't want you to talk and I don't want you to solve it. Can I tell you a story and you just sit and listen? And I'm like, yeah, I, I could do that. And you know what? When you don't have to... Th- when you don't have to solve the situation, you actually can listen. If you're not thinking about how am I going to solve this, that may be a great little principle there, is if you'll just worry about listening first and then spend some time thinking about how can I help, that you, you'll you find that you really can actually listen if you're not trying to solve the problem all the way through the story. You know, It's like hearing the narrator tell a story. You keep popping in going, hey, I know what to do here. And he's like, hey, I'm in the middle of my story, right? So... That's significant. Well, we better jump over to number two so we don't turn this into a two-hour podcast <laughs> episode. Uh, number two is episode. Uh, number two is episode. Did I just say that? Number two, <laughs> number two is observe. So close. I, I keep saying the word episode instead of season. Number two is observe. Um, so when we were putting this together, we, we walked through the Savior's life just to say, what can we learn about being social from him? And immediately this story came to my mind. He's walking through the crowd, right? This is in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. He's walking through the crowd. And and even more so, the Bible video, I think, does a good job. But I think you read the scripture and he is packed with all these people on the street. It says he was thronged with people. And he says, oh, who touched me? And one of the disciples says to him, Lord, everyone is touching you, right? (laughs) Who isn't touching you would be like, who didn't touch me would have been an easier question to answer. He says, everyone is touching you. He says, no, I felt virtue go out of me. Boy, he was so observant about what was happening around him to other people that when somebody he didn't see touched him, he felt he, he could read a room so well and he could read the hearts in the room. And I'm sure that's probably part of his being godly. But he was so sensitive to the feelings in the room. And this is an outdoor arena where he's being thronged, walking through an, you know, an open alleyway. And all these people are touching him. But he sensed that something wasn't right with someone. And so this is, so T was think and O is observe. The Savior was aware of his surroundings, the needs and situations of others. And he was aware of how his actions affected them. Uh, this is, you can see this is the twin to think, right? Is being able to look around and go, what is happening right now? What needs to happen right now? What will my actions do in terms of this? And and I, I've told this story, I know I told this in season one, but it's so perfect right here, that I came home from Sunday school with my wife, we were walking home and she said, I could see she was apprehensive. She said, Ryan, do you know how many comments you made in Sunday school today? I'm like, no, I don't know, a few. She said, you made seven comments. I'm like, man, it's because we were talking about a subject I really knew. And and I still was so dumb, I didn't realize she was about to criticize me. <laughs> You're like, ah, wasn't that great? Look at me, bringing it down, you know. <laughs> and uh, she's like, as much as I loved your comments, and they were really good for the lesson, I'm not sure that everybody feels that way. You know, when one person kind of dominates, even if they have such great comments, when they dominate, and I'm like, oh, I was that kid. I just, I could see it. 
I mean, I had had that kid in class for 26 years, and suddenly I was that kid that didn't look around to say, what's everybody else doing? I'm like, oh, I got a comment. Oh, I got a comment. Oh, I got a comment. Without looking around to say, what are other people doing right now? What is the natural and normal behavior for this class? Would have been to share, to share a comment, and then to allow other people to share. But I was I was not observing. I was only, uh, you know, I was, what, what would Elder Bednar say? I was so looking in that I wasn't seeing what was happening out and around me. I uh, was in preparation for this episode. My, it's P-Day, so my sister, she called me, and she's right at the tail end of her mission. She has weeks left. And um, I was telling her about, like, what she finds, like, what is um, socially what she's looking for in someone. And this, what she had said, goes along with observe. She says, um, she said that she loves, well, I guess observing. She loves observing how others interact with people that are in the group so um, like for example um, in a social situation if there's a group of people and the person that she's interested in um, was looking around and there was someone who felt like somewhat out of place um, it's attractive when that person that you're interested in goes to that person and like befriends them and sees them because it's it was one of those situ- it's one of those situations where you don't necessarily have to I mean you're in a big group they could feel included but it's pointing out and, and being with those people that um, she loves that someone takes time to be with those that may not feel like they belong so two awesome things from that love it thank you I'm always looking for principles right in your stories um, two awesome things one is observing what's normal right that is very difficult for everyone that's I think what we're I think that's what when girls come in and say, there's no dude in my ward who's normal. That's what they're talking about. That, that he can't observe what's happening and what's the appropriate behavior for this situation. So I'm going to say that again. Really observe what is the appropriate behavior for this situation. But there's a whole other side to observe, Kayla, that you just brought in. And that is, how can I help? What's happening here? Observing the people that you're Observing with. Observing the people. And how can I help? Today I was in a, in a choir class that I was directing, conducting. And we were just sitting there and it was a, it was a pretty emotional uh, moment in the class. And we had a little gal that was a soloist up in front. And, uh, and, and she was very emotional. And she began to break down. You could hear it in her voice. It was like starting to quaver, quiver, right? And then all of a sudden she was dropping off. And the girl sitting behind me, I was just sitting in the choir, I wasn't directing. The girl sitting behind me all of a sudden picked up the solo and started singing it. And all the girls next to her then joined in and started singing the solo. And it became this most, it was just this most beautiful experience of this girl saying, I no longer can carry this load. And a friend in the room going, I've got you. And all of a sudden jumping in and singing along with her. And then everybody singing together to strengthen. I thought, what an observant beautiful thing to have happened you know to say I'm not only seeing oh I'm seeing you cry and break down but how can I help the situation and they're just that is beautiful thank you for adding that I think too going along with what you're saying is it's hard to observe yourself sometimes you know how do I see in myself you know you, you view other people around you you can see oh they're really good at this they're maybe not so good at this but in yourself, it's hard to see those things. And I had read a book um, last summer called The Art of Giving and Receiving Criticism. And it's really, really great. But in it, it talks about how you need to ask 
for people to help you um, and ask for criticism because so that you can learn and, and grow about yourself. But there was this one time where, you know, I sat down with my dad. I really value my dad's opinion and he, he knows me very well. Um, and I had asked him about a few like sensitive things. And I said, dad, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this. Um, you know, I, I want to know how I can be better and, you know, get yourself to a state of humility to where you can ask for help. You know, you might not be able to observe yourself all the time. So, you know, ask someone who you value and who can, who observes you often and say, you know, what is it that I'm good at? You know, what are my strengths? What are, what are some things I can work on? Um, so that you can in social situations, you know, improve your social attractiveness. And, you know, sometimes we don't see that in ourselves. So, God, so and it's hard, right? And it's funny because now the two of you have brought up two of the things in the next episode, right? T-O is think, observe. M is to be meek enough. You just said humility, right? To be meek enough to be able to change. A is ask, what, what should I be doing, right? Hey, have you noticed anything that I could be improving? How can I help? It's to ask. And then S is to seek the Spirit as your guide. So why don't we wrap this up right here? Because, man, that was valuable. What beautiful stories you shared with us today, you two. Thank you so much. T is to think. And we should make uh, Kayla's little phrase there a motto for all of us. Let me think about that. If you said that, boy, you would make very few mistakes. <laughs> and I can tell you, having now worked uh, more closely with those who, who run the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that that is why the church changes so slowly and also why it makes so few mistakes is because something will come up and it won't just be, oh, you have to hurry and change. It will be, let's research this. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about consequences down the road if we make this change. And then let's make an informed spirit-led decision, right? Uh, and so think think before you act. And, and sometimes you go, oh, I didn't have a moment to think. And that's when you go, because I've thought so much in the past, I've had so much forethought that I behaved just exactly how I would like to. You know, if this ever comes up, this is what I'm going to say, and I will act with compassion. Which kind of gives us a little teaser for, like, the intellectual and the emotional, like, attractiveness. Yes. Like, enough thought and enough introspection of who you are as a person can lead to those, like, seamless conversations of, well, I've already had this conversation. I've already thought about what my opinion is on this. So I can give you, I can give a, a meaningful intellectual And response. I've thought of how to say it kindly. Exactly. Right? So, so there's a good, yeah. kind of like a foreshadowing of what yes. we'll talk about in future episodes. A couple episodes down the road. And then observe, you know, and, and those two beauties of observe. Observing what's normal and natural for your situation. That's hard to do, especially like you said, Kinsey. It, it's very hard to see it in yourself. Like, you know, like Angie says to me, did you know you made seven comments? I'm like, ah, I was that kid. I have tried. I've worked with that kid for 20 years and I was that kid, right? It's easy to see it in others. So try to observe what's the normal, natural thing to do right now. Uh, make a comment is natural. Um, should I always be shouting out my funny things? Probably not natural unless everybody else is doing it. Cheering, standing, sitting. You look around and say, what is the natural, normal thing to do? And then the other side of that being... I'm observant enough that I know how to help, right? And how to improve situations by being observant. If you're having a hard time doing so, I mean, the Savior was aware of his surroundings and the people that he was with. And, and um, so look to him. Like, look to him. And in, in, especially when it comes to observing, like read the scriptures, go through some of those stories and go, how did the Savior observe the situation to be 
to be of service or to like delicately maneuver around a situation. I think he's a good example to look to. And and clearly we can ask Heavenly Father, like going back to, to Ken's idea, clearly we can ask Heavenly Father to help us with that. Why not say, would you help me think, I'm working on this attribute. Help me think the right way. Help me have an understanding heart, right? Help me care about people's feelings. Going back to where we started, social skills are understanding and caring about what's happening in the minds and the hearts of other people and then knowing how to act and react so that it's, it benefits every person involved, right? And the Savior was a master of that. Well, next time we will pick up two more, right? Absolutely. We will talk about what does it mean to really be meek enough to change, to improve, and, uh, and what kind of things can we ask to improve our social skills? And then what does it look like to have social skills that are spirit-led? Spectacular. Any parting shots from our uh, guest, uh, our guest feature here? You want to add anything to us? I really, our featured guest, I mean. I really think just, you know, sitting here talking, it really all comes back to the Savior. That is really who it comes back to, you know, as we think and as we observe and as we keep him in our journeys, like as we, you know, turn to him, as we look at his Christ-like attributes, dating becomes fun and it becomes more exciting and it's still hard. There's still those hard moments. But as we turn to him, um, it really is the way. He is the way. So In everything. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see you next episode. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Bye-bye.